Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie, Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. So we have our live event coming up on April 1st, which is April Fool's Day. Yes, we realize that. No, it is not a joke. We're very excited. Dude, you're not going to do anything dumb, right? Because I really can't stand April Fool's. I hate April Fool's Day. Okay, cool. I will not do anything. I swear to God, if somebody tries to like, I don't even know, I'm going to lose my shit on them. Did you hear that, Bonnie? There'll be no shenanigans from you, ma'am. I don't do that kind of stuff. No, I'm just giving her shit. No, Megan, you're suspiciously quiet. Um, I don't, I don't like, I, I'm never, I can't keep a straight face long enough to pull an April Fool's joke. <laughs> like you would look at me and be like, what'd you do? What the fuck did you do? <laughs> like, Cause I'd be looking at you like, <laughs> like, like so evil if cackle, you are like, so if you're even close to us and yes we um, realize but don't do shenanigans yes we realize that the price of gas is slightly higher but that just means you're gonna need a buddy to go with you to help you pay for gas if you live in a nearby state we want to see you please come it's gonna be fun we'll we'll talk about books and then afterwards we'll go have some drinks and we'll hang out and whatnot, and it'll be a fantastic Oklahoma City weekend. At Maybe full, at you don't full know. Circle Books. Maybe we'll try to go out, and everything will be two hours wait or whatever. Chili's never no, has. We're a going wait. to Chili's. <laughs> to hell with all those that, other assholes. We're going to Chili's. That again. Chili's is so well hidden. That it no is. one else knows it's, it's there. It's a, like our very own private Chili's. Anyway, it's going to be a party. And if you're not there with us, we'll be sad. Yep. After we're done. After we're done partying partying. and we're hung over and then we'll go, oh, geez, we sure miss those (laughs) folks from Missouri. Why didn't they come anyway? Where the hell was Kansas? Arkansas? Where the fuck are you? Texas? We know know, know Texas is coming. We know Texas. We have have friends in Missouri. I, I know them from when I slept uh, at the bookstore in Tulsa at Magic City. Hmm. They and because they walked into one of the live shows, and I was like, "I know you." I can't think of their names right this second, but hi, ladies. <laughs> Can I just say that Ollie, the company with the vitamins, Martha shared this car, and it has a picture of an ad for the Ollie vitamins. I love Ollie. And They're dude, so cool. we all had to look it up because it says it's probiotics for your panty hamster. Oh, wait, there's a star. I wonder what the star means. There's a star by it. I wonder if it says, look it up on Urban Dictionary. But why on earth would you use that as your advertising campaign? What it made you look at it. Because you had to look it up and because yep. it's funny without being crude People are going to have to go, what the hell? And then they'll look it up and they'll remember it because it's so absolutely hilarious. Your panty hamster. You got to keep. That's ridiculous, dude. I think it's hilarious. 
Did we look it up though? Like, what is it? what I did? I I well I it. I looked it up and there's two of them in there. One of them's an alcoholic drink, right? And one of them a slang for a vagina. Yes, and that's, I think that's, that's what we're talking. That's, that's what so we're going with. it was. So it's either something that's going to get you drunk, or something that's healthy for your vajayjay. Yep, that's yeah. what it's for. Which for is a, just weird for a healthy panty hamster. But why a hamster? <laughs> like I have no idea. I why, couldn't figure that part your, out either. Because you know the why hamster, would your vagina not the be hamster unhappy? is known for putting things in its cheeks, and you know my girl doesn't like things in there. Well, and like, I feel there like are so many euphemisms. Like teethy little creatures. Like hamsters I don't know. bite. What, I mean, what, why what, is panty hamster better than what meat curtains or whatever you were talking about? I, I would <laughs> beef curtains. Panty hamster beef curtains. Does make more sense. Beef curtains. And I'm beef wondering curtains. why it's beef. You know, there's no cow in here. Meat curtains, I think, would be better. Yeah, I can't believe someone's driving that car around. That's what I can't believe. <laughs> you know that? How much are they paying that? You know dude? that person's driving around with their mask on alone in the car because they're like, I don't want nobody to see my face. <laughs> I mean, if they're paying me enough, enough, I'd drive around well, with a car okay. that said "panty hamster." This is my question. Meat curtains. Would you do it just for the free car? <laughs> no, they'd have to pay me per month. And how much would you how much would you accept to drive the panty hamster car? How much is I don't enough? Not enough. Give, give me an offer. Let's say let's say I don't want to pay you to drive the panty let's hamster. Let's say car. they give you two hundred dollars <laughs> a month to have the ad on your car. Is that enough? And then how how do they know no. like that you're driving it around? What if you just had it in your garage? Would you have to put on a certain number of mileage? Like maybe you do. Maybe that's a prerequisite. I think do I would you up on to, Google Earth to I see how often maybe you have to like take pictures like social I media. Think I, would, I think I would demand a certain amount of exposure if I was paying somebody per month. Yeah. Right? For example, I get paid to do certain types of endorsements as part of my job. And What's I'm on sale at the grocery this week, Martha. No, they're not paying me for groceries. I'm I'm Ooh, like your commercial with the with the barbecue sauce where you kissed your son-in-law. Yeah, yeah that nasty. one. Barbecue sauce so good you'll kiss your mother-in-law. Yep. Ew. Oh my God. That commercial is so funny. And I can't believe I found that again. I can't believe you did either. I thought it was long <laughs> gone. I actually asked Cosmo for it and he's like, I don't know if I've got that anymore. Um, yeah. Thank God for small blessings. I'm getting paid to endorse a company that puts estrogen. Gerbils up. It puts, <laughs> now, just listen. It, this is a real thing that puts estrogen oh and testosterone pellets in your. Uh, they they put a little slit in your ass and stick them in there. Why? Because it gives me my estrogen and my testosterone. Because I don't have any. I don't have no parts. I just had it done. And you're like on a commercial for it? I will be. I used to do it years ago. And then they asked me if I want to do it again. So How then do you I advertise that. So then I have to talk about it on the radio. And then I do television commercial that says I'm having this thing done so that I can have my estrogen and my hoo-ha doesn't dry out, which it does if I don't give it some drugs because I don't have any parts. Hmm. So it's Did same, you see me all just thing. scream at my child? That wasn't that fun. I wondered, I wondered what you were doing. It's like this 
she mutes herself whenever she does that. So it's like this silent scream. Oh, dude, if you had heard me, it was like it was exorcist level scary. I'm glad I didn't hear it because I don't think I want to hear that. Keith, I might. I'm going to do it again now. Okay. I'm going to mute okay, you Okay, again. okay. I know what she you said. said. She Megan, said, shut the hell you said up. Megan, shut the hell up. That's what you yep. said. But not me, Megan. Keith has a daughter, Megan. I'm innocently coloring and talking. She just screams. She just shrieks all the time. Like that's her laughter is shrieking so that I think someone's going to die. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I can see how that might be a problem. All right. So I guess now that we've discussed uh, the need for different euphemism other than panty hamster, because hamster just doesn't fit with the girls down there. There They are so many. They are kind of hairy, but there's no teeth. You can't put things. Have you ever watched the show Letter Kenny? No. No. Oh my God. So they'll just go back and forth with sexual euphemisms, uh-huh. they would have, ha- they probably have 38 for this. And it would just go on so long that you would be like, what, what is happening? Bonnie, didn't you text me this week about some stuff you were reading in Christopher Moore that falls yeah. into this category? Do you remember what it was? I was with beef curtains? It. it was, it was. Well, if anyone has read Christopher Moore, he's very creative with his explaining of sexual things oh. and Pat reviewed a Christopher Moore last week. So then it made me want to read Christopher Moore. So I was reading some Christopher Moore. I'm trying to find it. Dude, do you know how much we text back and forth with each other? Yeah, a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> we text back and forth a lot. There was a couple of them. This is all talking about oral sex. And one oh, of them was, okay. he said, put a certs in your navel and tell him and tell him this is for you on your way up for doing a good job. That is hilarious. That really is hilarious. Megan, <laughs> Megan is all of a sudden very quiet. <laughs> and the other no, one, I didn't was, know uh, if you could hear my crayon on the, my microphone. Oh. So I muted. <laughs> I didn't want to get yelled at for background noise. <laughs> but actually, that's a pretty good idea. It you is. Know, you put a little snack. Put a little snack in the belly button and yeah. tell him and then, when he's all done. I ain't eating nothing out of nobody's belly button. When he's Ew. all done, Why? he can Is have a snack on the way back up. Clean your belly button. I clean my Get belly little... button every day. What? I do. I put a little soap in there. Rinse it I out. I thought you said you eat something out of your belly button no, every day. I, I was like, what How do you even Christ. do that? Like, It's a yoga pose. I'm, I'm worried about you all. I'm double jointed. <laughs> Downward facing belly button instead of dog. <laughs> and the other one was a uh, was uh, the fine art of slurping tadpoles. The, the I mo- hate it here. The mo- <laughs> I was going to say the moment when she gets it. <laughs> I love the look on her face. She's like, fuck you guys. I feel bad, Megan, because. She's so red right now. Oh, my God. She is so fucking well, it, red. It's also really hot in this room. So <laughs> right tell you what? When I do my review, my book is really good. And it has a lot of bad Goodreads reviews because of the euphemism they use in the book for penis. Oh, I cannot. I can't wait. Don't I, like can't it. wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Okay, we got to. No, it's going to be a whole euphemism talk show today. Yes. Okay. okay. So, we, I, we're really. So, but first, we have to. 
find out what depressing. But first, we have to Vonnie's be saddened and find out who died in Vonnie's world. <laughs> what kind of yeah, trap? Because you know, you know, I'm not reviewing the fun things that I read. Mm-mm. Because yeah, well, what the heck? Well, thing, we've already reviewed it. I but at the live show, you're reviewing something that looks really fun. Yeah, we, I know. You know what? Me- Megan and I had a really hard time finding your book when we were there because we were looking in all the usual spots, except for. We found it by accident because it was right next to Keith's book. Yeah, Yeah, my book is nothing like what I usually review because the reason why I'm reviewing something different is because somebody in the crowd said something about I only read World War II books. And it's like, no, I read other books. It's just I always review the World War II books on the podcast. So now she has so, to prove you assholes uh-oh. wrong. So, so we switched roles and I'm reviewing the World War II books exactly. for the live show. <laughs> okay, Bonnie. Exactly. Nobody gave me the memo. I would have reviewed like the science fiction and Martha could have reviewed the romance. Oh, the that's romance? Not oh fucking my God. <laughs> no, no. Absolutely. So awesome. Yes. There is no universe in which that is a viable option. Sure it is. <laughs> All right, Bonnie. Anything is possible. Bring on the sad, girl. The only reason I'm bringing on this sad is because this is one that Martha told me I should read. Your fault, Martha. Fair enough. So this is your fault. It is. Hold on. I need a drink. So I need a, a sip of my hamster panties <laughs> because it's a drink. It's a drink, too. As nasty. Hamster panties. I looked it up. It's a drink. It just sounds so fucking wrong when you say I'm going to take a sip of my hamster panties. It's- That's another yoga move. Oh, my God, Bonnie. <laughs> That's for the longer bodied person. <laughs> so this book, The Night Watchman by Louise Erdrich, is about um, a reservation in North Dakota in uh, 1953, and most people work in a a jewel-bearing plant on this reservation. And of course, like every reservation, the population is pretty poor. A lot of them don't really have like running water. They live like in shacks, and the um, plant doesn't pay like super well. So it's really tough for anyone to even get ahead And also at the same time, the government is trying to pass a law to basically take away what little land rights they do have on this reservation. They're, you know, they're trying to say, well, they can, they need to earn it like the rest of America, yada, yada, yada. And with absolutely no regards to the fact that we took all their land away from them to begin with. But anyways, that's a whole nother story. And the main character in this, well, there's a lot of different main characters, but one of the main characters, Pixie, um, I don't even know how to pronounce the last name. Her real name is Patrice, but they call her Pixie. And she talks about going to school and she has like one friend who's Caucasian and one friend who's, I believe, Native American. And she also talks about her older sister who went to the big city, which I think is like Chicago. I want to say that she went and basically disappeared. Nobody has heard from her in a really long time. So Pixie 
decides that she's going to go to the city and try to find her sister. And then she gets mixed up with this weird nightclub situation where she's in like this tank swimming around being like sexy, but she's doing it in like this blue ox costume. It, it was sounds like Minneapolis. it was a little strange. If it's a blue it, ox, that sounds like Minneapolis. It might have been Minneapolis. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Because, you know, I read the, this book a little about while ago. Paul's, it's Paul Bunyan's blue Bunyan's ox. bull. It's, yeah, that's a whole basically. thing up there. It really is. That is so weird. Okay. Anyways, so she's trying to find her sister and she doesn't find her sister, but she finds her sister's baby who's living with this other person who like used to be like her sister's roommate or something like that. But she takes the baby because this other lady doesn't want this baby. Um, so she takes the baby and she goes back to the reservation. It was a good book and it had some interesting historical facts in it, but it was also a very strange book because the sister comes back to the reservation and there's some like little hints through the book about where she had been. And it's almost like she was um, like in, in a trafficking ring but it never says specifically what happened to her. So I like this book because of the characters, because of Pixie. Pixie was a great character. They also had a, a, another Native American younger male who was his, I think his name was like Wood Mountain or something like that, but he was a boxer and he was a really great character. And the Night Watchman is actually an older gentleman who is on the council and goes to Washington, D.C. to oppose this bill that they're trying to pass. And he was a pretty good character, but I didn't get a lot of the actual story. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It was real. It was a little harder for me to follow because and I've found this in different Native American novels that I've read. They're very mystical and they give human characteristics like to horses and owls. And then they tell like little stories about them. But then it's confusing when they go back to the like humans in the story. And they don't always go into specific detail about what happens to each character. So it's there's a lot left up to the imagination. And some people really like that in books. And I do to an extent, but not quite to the extent that this book did it. It was a good book. I'm not going to diss the book because the writing was great. The characters were wonderful. I just had a hard time f following the actual story itself. And I think that's more the way my brain works and not so much how the story read. Well, same just reason why. I don't read sci-fi. Well, just so you know, I've read a bunch of books by her. The reason that I stopped reading it is because it's more historical fiction than it is, you know, the stuff I like. But it won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction in 2021. Hmm. I mean, it's a it's a good book. It's a decent book. It just It was a harder I one for me to read because there's too much history in it and it was taking place during a time period that I 
there's just too much reality in there for me. I wasn't that interested in in reading it like like some of her other stuff. Yeah, and for me, it was just a little too whimsical. So, so too... you got the, between the <laughs> two of us, you know, we I kind of liked it, and I figured that Vonnie would like it because it had so much of the history and stuff in there. I mean, I recognized a lot of stuff in this book because the place it takes place up in North Dakota, I mean, that's right near where my husband grew up. So, and my Mm -hmm. dad was actually born up there. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that in the Native American culture, they have so many different, I don't want to call them folk folklores because they're not really folklores, but like an owl, if you see an owl, that means something specific and they're very spiritual in their spiritual and there's there there's you know like ghosts or spiritual presence of other people who have lived Mm -hmm. and like if you see an owl it's supposed to represent like something else and it that had a lot of those her her writing does have a lot of that because the one that i reviewed not that long ago had a lot of that and there were were ghosts in that one too so yeah that's pretty normal for her it that's just it makes it really hard for me personally to follow so i won't say this was my favorite read but it was a good book and that again was the night watchman by louise erdrick all right so keith darling we know that you've got a biggest dickus revelation in your (laughs) is it a biggest dickus it has to be if it's a romance. They don't, they don't write about mm. little dicks, do they? Tasty. <laughs> you know what? There is one book, and it's about this guy who's in porn, and he has like this three-inch dick, and how he has to be really good with his mouth because he's deficient in other ways. I haven't read it the whole way through because it was really weird, but that's not what I read. The size does matter. <laughs> that's what you're saying. Right. <laughs> it's the motion of the ocean, don't you know? Yeah. But yeah, all yeah. romances, they have big dicks because that's... Yep. I'm not going to write about somebody with a little tiny whatever. Yeah. Well, okay, I mean, they so. have things that you can buy to make up for that. Just <laughs> like buy a them a strap-on. It's all good. A strap-on with a, with a hollow middle? Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. And yes, And yes, Keith, you have to pay more than $15 for that. Then I guess I'm never going to get one. <laughs> it's an investment. We're talking, myself. We were talking about the, inv- the, the, the point of investing in a nice vibrator, which, you know, we'll cover that in a different podcast because that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> we need to bring that up again later. Okay. So the book I read this week is called Dating Dr. Dill by Nisha Sharma. And this was um, another book of the month pick for March. I don't know how I did that. I just really liked those two books. Um, and this is actually like a taming of the shrew retelling. That's a Shakespeare play for people that don't know that. Um, but basically this is, this is a South Asian romance. Prem is a doctor and he wants to open a medical center for specifically for people who have different needs because they're not from this country. So like the South Asian community, he's a cardiologist and they have different needs and different symptoms and all sorts of different things that you have to do just because of, um, because their biology is just a little bit different. 
So he wants to open up a center that dev- devotes time to that and devotes specific resources to that. And but to do that, he needs money. <laughs> and Karina is our heroine. And the big thing in this book is that Prem, the doctor, does not believe he's a cardiologist and he thinks that love is not a real thing. He thinks that um, basically that physical attraction and feeling that for another person, that's what we call quote unquote love. And Karina, she had she had these parents who were totally in love with each other. And so she desperately wants to fall in love and she wants to get married to someone she loves. She does not want an arranged marriage, which a lot of people in her circle have and don't think there's anything wrong with that. But she has hit the big three O and for her, like father, for her aunties, like she might as well be like the crypt keeper because she needs to get married and she needs to do it quick because she's 30 and she's basically over the hill. If she's 30, she she has no business claiming that she's the crypt keeper because that's me. Just saying. Go ahead. (laughs) But I'm just like, that's that's like the cultural bias for her family is that, you know, she's not married yet. She needs to hurry up and get married. And if she doesn't have a love match, she needs to have an arranged marriage because what is she waiting for? Basically, she her mother has has died years before and she they live in the house that she built and she's upgraded and they've always done stuff together with this house. She desperately wants to buy the house from her father who wants to sell it, but she needs money to do that. And both of them come into money if they get engaged. They both have basically like inheritances from their family members, but they only get it once they're engaged to someone. So if you need money, but you don't have it, and if you get engaged, you get money, you fake date each other. <laughs> oh, the best old trope there is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he and uh, Prem is actually on. He's on like a oh, what is it called? Public access channel show. And it's called Dating Dr. Dill. And he talks about matters of the heart and cardiology things. And Karina comes on one day and is basically has like this big old blowout with him about how she thinks love is real. He doesn't think love is real. And that's pretty much their meat cute. <laughs> so every time you say meat cute, I think of meat in another sense. But <laughs> no, no, that's yucky. But um, this was a really great book. It was hysterically funny. There are so many people that say that there aren't great diversity reads out there, and this was a great one. Um, it talks all about the characters. They just have a whole different mindset. Their families have a whole different mindset. It's all sorts of things that I've never really thought about. I mean, they have their own dating sites, like for arranging marriages. And they have people that she has these hysterical aunties that are desperately trying to marry her off. And they're paying people to like see her star charts. And it's crazy. So it's a really fun romance. It's it's a great book. Now, here's where the weird controversy has come in. I'm going to try and say this with a straight face because I thought it was funny. I thought it just was cute. Prim, who is a doctor, a cardiologist, and his parents are doctors. 
he refers to his penis as Charlie. And it's not that. Why is that? Right? I was expecting something way worse. It's not that unusual well, for men to thing. name their penises. I like unmuted, was ready for my shocked reaction. And that that's it. Oh, I was thinking maybe thing. it was going to be crawl the warrior king. See, and that was my reaction. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, this is not a big deal. This book has so many low reviews and people will come out and say it's so juvenile that he names his penis and that he just keeps referring to his penis as Charlie. Now, I've watched an interview with this author. There was at one point in the book a lengthy description of why his penis is called Charlie. And basically, again, his parents were also physicians, but South Asians are very um, uptight, embarrassed, uptight. And when he was young, instead of naming his body parts, the anatomically correct names, they called his penis Charlie. So he calls it Charlie now as like, you guys are so ridiculous, but that's what I called it kind of thing. Like almost as a, you know, it's well, like if he his grew habit. Up calling it that then. Right. That's what. And, you know, to tell you the truth, a lot, a lot of the older generation, like not so much on my mom's side because they're don't even give a shit. But on my dad's side, they had alternate names for things because they were conservative and uptight. Right. So. Well, and this author, Nisha, Nisha Sharma, she made so many good points. For years, for years, there have been romance novels and they have not been called penises. They've been calling them throbbing members or whatever, whatever. And no one batted an eye. Mm -hmm. But this penis is called Charlie. And there are all these people who are totally who think it's juvenile, who think it's whatever. (sighs) Meanwhile, I honestly don't understand it. You know what? I, that doesn't I even make any so sense. Funny. It would make more sense to me if he was called Richard. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. With the tongue Charlie. roll. Richard! Well, think about it. Then you could talk about it, like, you know, you know in Richard. mixed company. And you're like, so you're going to go visit Charlie tonight? I've read Charlie so many books where they refer the to him as like the little soldier or the yeah, general like, or whatever. I feel like there's so many other things that they could have. If you're going to be outraged, that, like, that would at least truly find something outraged. good to be outraged about. That's yeah. Thank you, Martha. I agree. I agree. I That's think we have a consensus. And honestly, when you read smut, I mean, you've called it. You, you get used to it being called so many different things. How is Charlie the most offensive thing you've ever read? Unless so the name of the book is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's all, right. <laughs> That's all I was thinking of. That's all I was thinking of, Bonnie. I'm so glad you said it because I was like, oh, God. Megan, you got to shout it out, girl. You're going to miss all the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> so like, honestly, oh, well, you know, the other thing I could all I could think of oh, no. was the cartoon of the horses and them going, we're going to Candy Mountain, Charlie. Oh. <laughs> Unicorns. <laughs> Unicorns. Now we're getting her in there. Actually, the first thing I thought was uh, Charlie the tuna. Sorry, Charlie. Oh, sorry, Charlie. <laughs> sorry, Charlie. All fits. Still yeah, fits with the does. name. Yeah. It does. Yeah. All right. So if you have seen poor reviews because people think it's juvenile because of this whole Charlie issue, honestly, 
It's not a big deal. I think he refers to his penis as Charlie maybe seven times. It's not like it's not even brought up. It's just like a matter of fact kind of thing, which makes it even funnier. And if that's all that you're basing, not reading this on, you're missing such a great book because, I mean, it has all these societal issues. It has, I mean, it's a great romance. It's so hysterically funny. I gave it five stars. I thought it was amazing. I feel sad for anyone that's going to miss out because of this weird obsession and uh, like problem people have with Charlie. <laughs> but, but here's devil's advocate. So are they mad because they just don't like that it's named Charlie? Or are they, are they mad? Because it's juvenile and it's ridiculous. So there's been like, I've heard it multiple times online and through psychologists, psychology things that like they're trying to get parents to stop doing things like that. So that if your kid goes to school and it's like Uncle Johnny touched Charlie. Oh yeah. That it, they're not missing abuse. So if they were outraged by it for that reason, like, hey, this is continuing this idea that I could say, okay, that's valid. But if you're just pissed because you just don't like the name Charlie, like right. who triggered you and your who did you date named Charlie that's upset you? Yeah, really, <laughs> that's a and I think that's like what you're saying. It's a generational thing. Like Tyler always has absolutely no problem calling a penis a penis and a vagina a vagina. But when I was younger, you know, I would be embarrassed to call it that because mm-hmm. you, it was a very much just, a thing when we were younger. You just didn't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But now, and part of it's because, you know, parents yeah. teach their children. There's nothing wrong with saying it that way. And that was honestly why the author put it in the book. But then she, she herself said, I kind of got ranty about it. And I went on for like 10 pages about how, like it's dumb to not call body parts what they are and that this is a big thing in the South Asian community. And she said it was not, it wasn't integral to the story. And so they took it out, but she didn't think to take out where he calls his penis Charlie. So funny, the things that people get upset over. Yeah. But I love this book. I would read it a hundred times. And that was Dating Dr. Dill. By Nisha Sharma. And honestly, if I would have read a review that said something about, I just don't understand why they call his penis Charlie, I'd be like, what? I need to read read that and see what that's about. (laughs) Check. Yep. Got to see what this is about. Honestly, it's, I think it's really a cultural thing because I swear, I don't know, Megan, I've read a lot of Scottish, Irish romances, and I swear they name their penises a lot. Yeah, no, I feel Irish. like yeah, I that a lot. Yeah, People that's not naming their body that's not that unusual. It's like guys naming their cars, like it's mm-hmm. yeah, or their guitars, or what the hell ever. Like you have a name for your car and a name for your penis. It's just yeah. that's just the way it's done. <laughs> yeah, a name for both your hot rods. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my yeah. So we're gonna take off. Megan, what's the name of the penis in your book? <laughs> Doesn't have one in my book. <laughs> I figured. Um <laughs> the irony of right now. Um so I re- I read something that I would probably not normally have read, and it's because it was a reading challenge, Buddy Read. Um, not because it is not a good book, but because I just don't typically read nonfiction very often. And this one 
was by the late great Betty White. Oh. And it's if you ask me, and then in parentheses it says, and of course you won't. <laughs> so this book was so cute. And I happen to have to read it for a, a buddy, a challenge buddy read literally like the week she died. Like it was announced that that was the theme. And so I didn't put it on hold because I was like, oh, I'll get it. And then like two days later, she had died. And I was like, oh, God, the hold for this thing is going to be eight years long because everyone's going to go read all of her books. So I listened to it on audio and she narrated it. Oh. <laughs> and it felt like a warm, cozy Betty White hug. And it just <laughs> felt like you were sitting down with her in your living room or her living room. And she was just telling you stories. She talked about her late husband and how like they were just always connected when he was alive. They were always together and like her love for him continuing after he passed. Talked about her uh, animal like conservation work and her just love of animals. And she had a whole room in her house that was like full of stuffed animals. Like she had a couple of dogs. Hold on, I'm going to call. Megan's hacking up a lung. You yeah, might, sorry. you might want, I saw it flop out and get on the ground. You better go pick it up. That's I better. <laughs> You're going to get carpet hair on your lung. Right. Um, so she had some, some, some dogs she loved, but she had this whole like room of stuffed animals that like she would go in and like talk to them. And like, I could just see little Betty White with like a room full of stuffed animals that like fans and people have sent her over the years and her just like naming them. Like, I don't know why I can see that. Then she talked about how she ended up as like a season as like a regular on hot in Cleveland, which she was never supposed to do. Like she was supposed to just like pop in. She's like, I'm too old. I don't want to be on a series, a weekly series. I don't want to be gone from home that much or whatever. And everyone just like loved her in the show. And she ended up falling in love with the being on the show. So that's how she ended up as like a regular cast member. She was only supposed to be on at like the beginning. Hot in Cleveland was awesome. If was. anyone's ever watched it. I, I haven't gosh. watched it. I it was it. so hilarious. Yeah. So she talks just a lot about like her life and her conservation work and um, just all kinds of different stuff like having a crush on Robert Redford. <laughs> like, who and didn't it was just, have a crush on Robert who did? Redford? Yeah. Oh who did, right. And like how many times they asked her to host SNL, like they kept asking her and she was like, no, like, I don't want to. And they're like, no, you don't understand. There's like an entire Facebook campaign that's going to be really pissed at us if you don't do this. Yep. And so then she ended up doing it because she was like, why do people want to see me host SNL? Like she just was seemed so down to earth, like that she just, like couldn't understand why people were like rallying around her hosting SNL. And it was just super cute. I loved hearing her talk and it's only like a two and a half hour audiobook. So it just really felt like you just sat down in her living room. And you're like, tell me stories, Betty. And she does. Just had like a long dinner with her or something. With her yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. And there was one we talked, a couple of us read it and we talked about that we, when she was like talking about like, oh, you know, I have to, if I gain three pounds at Thanksgiving, then I have to work really hard to get over. Like Betty White is worried about her weight. Like, what's <laughs> wrong with this world that like Betty White's like, if you gain three pounds, it's okay. But if you gain five, you're fucked. Like is basically yeah. like <laughs> what she's been she an said. actress she's for like, a long time. You, she, yeah. she knows she doesn't like getting new clothes either. I read another book of hers a few years ago, and she talks about how she gets on the scale every day. So, like, if she gains a pound or two, she'll like work really hard, like for the next few days, yeah. to make sure that she takes it off. Yeah, yeah. 
So that was just, it was that, that part made all of us that were reading it like text and be like, what the hell, man? Betty White's worried about her weight. Like we're upset. Like what kind of world is this? And they asked her like, what her show, like if she had any regrets of not taking a role. And she was like, no, because I didn't take them because of whatever reason, whether it was like the content or I just didn't care about it. And she goes, I've never, and she's like, and I think they kind of asked her, she's like, do you regret taking any roles? And she's like, no, because everything I picked is stuff that I cared about. So it was mm-hmm. an interesting, like to hear her be like, oh, I, I don't regret saying no to whatever, because it just didn't align with what her like, I don't want to say like, yeah, like belief system or her like brand of like what she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was how she wanted to be portrayed. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think she was just as fascinated by the fact that everyone loved her. Like, I think she, I always just kind of got the feeling of that book that she's like, I just don't understand. Like, why does everyone want me to host SNL? Like what, what is the deal? Like she couldn't like wrap her head around how much like support she had in life. At the same because time, because she's wonderful. Betty exactly, is awesome. Yeah, I love Betty White. She is. She's the best. She um, was the best Golden Girl. <laughs> always, yeah, Agreed. absolutely. Oh, and then they talked about like her. They're like, oh, what's your like beauty regime? And like they quote her say, and she said, I have no idea what my hair color is and I never intend to find out. <laughs> she was like, I don't know what my like natural hair color is, but I'll tell you what, I don't want to know. <laughs> like, which I feel like we can all, some of us can all identify with. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So if you just want to like dive into Betty White and just have like a little memory time of in hearing her talk in your ear for a couple hours, this is a good choice. And she has several books. Like she has several that she wrote over the course of her life about various things. And this one in particular was called, if you ask me, and of course you won't by Betty White. Yay. Yeah. Betty White is awesome. She really, really like it. And then I think there was a collective decision that everyone decided she lived to be a hundred because they counted how many leap years she lived through. So we're like, no, she was a hundred. We've decided. Yeah. Well, she died right before her birthday. So you basically, yeah. if you round it, it's a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. She, she made 99.99 equals 100. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. It's the same thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If I was that'll looking be... that on a loan contract, it would be a hundred. Yeah. Well, and then I feel like that'll be like the next Mandela effect. Like 20 years from now, people will be like, how the <laughs> hell old was Betty White? Like, do we know? She lived to be a <laughs> hundred, damn it. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's so many like magazines and stuff that had already ran for her hundredth yep. birthday when yep. she yeah. had passed. Yeah. So it'll be, you know, Keith's kids being like, "No, she wasn't a hundred. No, she and then Keith was. is going to be like, "I lived it. I know how old she was." <laughs> and All that right. name was Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of old women, I also, Martha's up. I also and that too. I, I also read a book that featured an old woman, you know, because I am starting to get up there in my in my age and I feel nah. a little um, disconcerted when I look in the mirror because, you know, You're my still a queen ager, my my face, my face just seems to do a little bit worse every year. You know, it's, I just look perpetually tired all the time. I have bags under my eyes that will not go away. And it's not fair because I don't feel old anyway. The the book that I read is called The Old Woman with the Knife by Gu Byung Mo. 
And it is a book written in translation. Thank you to Donna, who actually was talking about it on the tribe call the other night. And I thought it sounded fantastic. And I picked it up and I loved it. It's a South Korean novel. And if any of you guys watched Squid Game over the <laughs> past, I don't know, year or so, mm. it helps you to realize how much good entertainment is out there in other countries. And I have read a few, a few South Korean novels. This one was really, I didn't have as hard of time with this one as I have with some other novels I'm, I've read in translation. And I don't know whether it's just the way it was translated or if it's just how good the content was. It's about a 65-year-old woman named Hornclaw. And she is an assassin. And so she, you know, we begin our journey where we go in and she's, she goes into work and they give her her assignment. There's this guy who's a young dude who's also an assassin. And for some reason, he just has this major hard on for her, not in a good way. He does not like (laughs) her at all. And so that, (laughs) that sort of features in the story as well. Because he tends to follow her around and she's just, the character is just so hilarious. She calls him the infant in her, you know, she, because he's just such a, he's so young and she's so old that she has all this life experience and all this experience as an assassin. And so all of her interactions with him are kind of you hear all the stuff in her head that she's saying about him, which is kind of funny. It cracks me up. But you do hear a lot of her self-talk about getting older and how difficult it is for her. And she's lived her whole life as an assassin and she doesn't have a family. She's 65 years old and this dog that she has adopted, she has, she brought it home. She doesn't, It doesn't say when she adopted the dog, but you get the idea she's had it for a really long time. And she's she's set up her house so that if for some reason she gets killed, the dog will be able to get outside. She's 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 built a little window that opens really easily. And she's always telling the dog about it. She never trains the dog to go out the window, which is what I was thinking the whole time. But she tells the dog now, if I don't come back, it's okay to go. So she's always having, she's, her character is just so, so sad because she knows she's getting older and she's starting to really feel her body ache. And so she talks about some stuff like that, but still she goes out and she does her job, which is to kill people. So it's that dark humor that I have. She's an assassin. That's what she does. She gets, um... She gets instructions and then she goes and kills people. Well, she gets an instruction to kill this guy who is a grocer grocer that she goes to all the time. And she really likes this man. And so she's really kind of upset about it. She, and she definitely does not want to do it. Some of the, some of the um, assignments that she gets, this guy that doesn't like her, the infant, follows her. He follows her around and distracts her while she's trying to do her job. And he ends up really seriously getting in the way of her being able to do her job. 
And you're, you're always wondering throughout the whole book, what the hell is the deal with this guy? Why does he hate her so much? And for me, that's one of the reasons I kept listening because I wanted to know what the fuck was up <laughs> with this guy. You know, why has he, does he have such a hard on for her? And I really, not only did I really love reading about her, but I thought the ending was really powerful, which I didn't expect it to be. It really just left me with such a good feeling at the end, it, even though all this shit had happened to her. I'm not going to go into detail about what happened, obviously, because I want you to read the book. So it's got a little bit of it's got a little bit of everything. It's got some fight scenes. It's got some blood and guts. It's got some intrigue. But at the same time, it's it's just this little old lady in South Korea walking around and talking to the grocer and kind of having a crush on this guy. And, <laughs> you know, she goes to the doctor and she pays him off not to tell anybody that she has these aches and pains. And it's just so sweet. I, I loved this book. And it was called The Old Woman with the Knife by Gu Byung Mo. And thanks, Donna, for recommending it because I really loved, loved it. I thought it was great. So now we can go back to Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm Yay! still over here like arguing in the comments with my friend's friend. I'm very alliterative. So I, well, I guess you could call it like Char Charlie Cock. No, see, I would name it like Cocky Charlie. I don't know. You know, people call him Pete, call it Peter all the time and nobody says boo. That's true. See, it would have to be a P word like Peter the penis or, or people are always calling it junior too. Like I would just assume like the little head and the like, big oh, head, it's yeah. little or it's little little Bob Alex or Alex yeah. Jr. Yeah, I don't you know. Can name it, name it after your ex-husband, because that's one dick I knew in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but ew, ew. <laughs> I'm kidding. Because then you'd never want to have sex with it. That's what I was just going to say. Well, and you think about like, because I think someone said Peter, right? Somebody said Peter. Because then that's why, like, in the new Spider Man movies, when Aunt May is like, it's your Peter tingle, everyone's like, really? Do we have to call it that? Because instead of calling it her, his spidey senses, she calls it Peter tingle. Ew. No, no, no. Now that makes me think of the tingle. What's the tingle guy's name that writes about sentient vegetables? Oh, yeah. Peter Chuck Tingle. Tingle. Chuck Tingle. Chuck Tingle. Chuck. But like, that's what oh, makes it funny in the movie Chuck. is that she's like, oh, is it your Peter Tingle? And he's like, stop calling it that. That's weird. <laughs> like, because it's always been like his spidey senses, as you know what everybody's always called it. So that sounds like he got vapor rub in the wrong places. <laughs> it's my Peter Tingle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It's icy hot. <laughs> well, go back to that one the thing that you said about the slurping tadpoles you uh, said it how in the world will you go from a peter tingle to slurping tadpoles that's kind of well because you know it, that leaves a little when you give something i know but there's friction huh. you know there's a i don't know many men that would appreciate it being compared to a tadpole they're tiny well, there's talking about sperm because sperm look like tadpoles. Oh, oh, that's what she meant. I thought you got that's it. That's what it meant. That I mean, I'm sorry, I got that, and Keith didn't. Yeah, that is weird. Keith, Keith, are you okay? Do, do we need to? Do we need to call nine one one? I mean, Charlie doesn't exactly look like a tadpole. 
<laughs> Does he? How big is that head? He's yeah, a bobblehead. Right? Charlie's a bobblehead. The bobblehead. A veiny bobblehead. <laughs> Martha's down. <laughs> <laughs> we killed Martha. No. <laughs> Seriously, you think of all the things we call it. Yeah, Charlie's like the least weird thing. It right? is kind of the w- least weird thing you could you could call it. I so would much choices. rather hear about Charlie than a throbbing member. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. I don't care for that either. Although, all I, all although, I, when I hear that, all I think is the teacher from 10 Things I Hate About You and she's trying to write her like romance novel. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like I like the euphemism. The counselor. It was the, yeah, counselor, the counselor that was that was writing it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like the euphemism yeah. one eyed trouser snake. I don't like that one. I do. It takes too long to say. Too long to say. Yeah, but it's not it's not an endearing thing that you would say. It's not like come over here, you one eyed trouser snake. You know, well, it's why more wouldn't like, you want us it's more I mean, like depending you would want to call it something endearing. I mean, most of the time, unless it's your exes, I mean they're nice. Dennis. But really, I mean, if you think about it, if you name it something like Charlie and you're part of a couple, then it allows you to have some little conversations in public fun yeah in public because you'd be like so um she's is charlie twirling. coming out to play tonight? she is twirling, she's her, twirling hair. her hair here comes sex operator vonnie dun, <laughs> does, does charlie need some company vonnie <laughs> you do that too well <laughs> she makes megan blush when she does it <laughs> Dude, I seriously now feel like I need to go on a weird spiritual journey to find all the references to penises because Charlie can't be the weirdest one. Oh, we did this in our human sexual behavior class. I it, Someone probably eventually had a picture of that like chart, but we sat there and made a whole list like in class, like in a round. Like okay, we just went around and it was like. Uh, the penis song by uh, Monty Python, your piece of pork, your wife's best friend. Your Peter Prick Cock Dallas Oi Willie Willie There's another name Yeah mm-hmm. Johnson that's Johnson. another name A dong Oh manhood I hate manhood too no. Yeah I don't like Willie the name Willie always kind of weirds me out a little bit I don't know why but you what, Here's Willie, my real like, question Let's... What 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 person named Willie just pissed somebody off cuz you get a wet Willie then like you call that, the penis Willie. Yeah, like that's like poor whoever Willie was really yeah. done pissed somebody mm. off. Mr. Keith's best friend, his nickname was Woody all the time, like mm-hmm. through high school because of Toy Story. But I can't help always thinking about the other connotation. Oh my God, this like, is hilarious. You shouldn't want you guys, people to call you that. You guys, you know what? I, I had somebody whose nickname was Woody, and this was before the Toy Stories. I never asked him how he got that nickname. Oh, see, that would have been a fun experiment. Hmm. Listen to this. I just Googled. This is real. This really just happened. I Googled. <laughs> euphemisms for penis Uh oh. and there's a picture you're not supposed to look for images no it came up on google <laughs> it, there's a picture of lindsey graham and it says dick <laughs> really seriously okay so the earliest euphemism that specifically plum describes- tree shaker god damn it did you just google <laughs> it too you bitch <laughs> skin no, flu was it Pl- a plum-, plum tree shaker we have no idea why anybody would try to shake a plum tree with their dick. A knickknack, silent flute, shaft of delight, doodle. Silent flute. 
shaft of light. <laughs> Jingling Johnny. Delight. Like, hooray. Oh. I have never heard of Giggling Johnny. That's Giggle stick. interesting. What you ought to be asking, Megan, Ambassador. is what Richard or what Dick did that's something true. so bad that. That's true. Because holy crap, dude. Yep, that's true. The bald, that guy must have really pissed someone off. Bald pate fryer. Bonafone? Best leg That's of- from 2008, it says. Bo- I've never Bo- heard that. Bonafone. What's it called? Bonafone. Candy stick. Credentials. Oh, just a moment. I need to get my credentials. Dude, like that's that. asking for yeah. trouble right yeah, there. Like that's that a one. good one. Ding Wallace. <laughs> Ding Wallace. <laughs> wow. I feel like men came up with all these names. The gentleman right? usher. Gospel pipe. Chuck Dickens. I think I like plum tree shaker. Shake that plum tree, baby. Gerald, Jimmy. There are lots of names. What's wrong? Hmm. Master John Godfellow, Goodfellow. Leroy. <laughs> Leroy. The master. Hey, I, went, I went to prom with Leroy. Oh, did you now? Uh-huh. But his name. Did was you actually... also take the person he belonged to? <laughs> oh, I like <laughs> this Or you one. only remember him. This one's good. I only remember Leroy. Old blind Bob. Nice. Yeah, I like that one. He's not blind. He's got one good eye. <laughs> what? It's always watering. <laughs> so creepy. I got one more, you guys. And if you okay. really want the absolute end all and be all of choices, go to <laughs> Dictionary. <laughs> the largest, yeah, just- the largest list of penis euphemisms. How many are there? Does it say? I don't um, have to count them, do I? Um, yeah, Biggest but they're kind of... They're that's eight, just they're, al- they're alphabetized. Oh, oh well, thank God. Is Charlie on there? Go down to the C's. Hold on, I'm looking. Cherry picker, cherry pop and daddy, cherry splitter, crotch cannon. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Candy cane. That's for if you're really into uh, Christmas. Cream bandit. Mm. Honey. <laughs> I need the to list suck is on your never ending. It's, it's the cucumber of love. It's it's <laughs> either you're really into Christmas or you really need some antibiotics. <laughs> if it's red stripes. That's true. I'll think you got an infection there, baby. <laughs> Alright, that's I'm done. Let's get into it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.